Amen. Praise the Lord. Come on. God is good. And all the time. Come on. Come on. You can do better, better church. God is good. And all the time. God is good. Let me first of all begin to thank our God, our Savior, and our King for the opportunity. I will not be here. You will not be here if it wasn't for God. So can we give it up for Jesus right now? Amen. Now, I want to dig in into the word of God. Uh, one of the things uh, I try to avoid is being a preacher and you're called upon to speak. It's easy to go back to my sermon archives and just pull a sermon. But I think, I don't know, maybe 20 plus years now, I always tell the Lord, I don't want to preach something you have not commanded me to speak. I always want to become an oracle, not to speak of my oracles, but the oracles of God. And I believe that my God can give a fresh word for a church and for a specific time. And I, I have, by, with all humility, I go and I seek the Lord and I tell the Lord, God, I don't want my, my mind to hear. I want you to download your word into my spirit because you know every man, every woman who is going to come on this day to church. And God was faithful as I was praying and fasting. And this Thursday, uh, some of you from Nairobi, Kenya, you know Aboretam Park. I always go there to pray. And uh, the Lord just dropped a word. And, uh, and that's the word I want to share. And I began to sense the Lord just say, I want you to go and tell my people in Beza. Worship me. Amen. Worship me. Amen. And I began to be like, but they are worshippers. I come here to worship. Okay, sorry, Kenyans. But I'm like, I love the worship. Like, you know, it's not about instruments. It's not about a song, but a posture. Can I say that again? It is not about a song. It's not about the instrument. It's not about a band, but it's a posture. And the Lord has sent me all the way from Nairobi, Kenya to come and remind somebody or maybe to tell somebody that God is calling you to worship him despite or in spite of your circumstances. And let me go deeper because as I prayed and I waited on the Lord, I said, God, what do you mean? And the Lord began to show me that it's very easy to worship the Lord when things are going well. It's easy to lift up your hands when you have a job, when you have money in the account, when your marriage is peaceful. It is easy for you to worship the Lord when your business is going on well. But it takes the spirit of the Lord for a man or a woman to stand before God in your pain, in your suffering and still lift up your hands and say, God, you are God, you are my Alpha and Omega. It takes another level of grace for you to stand and yet you know that you are in pain, you're in suffering, you're in a fire and still worship the Lord. And that's the message the Lord wants me to bring this morning or afternoon here in Beza that God is asking us, I want you to worship me without reserve. I want you to worship me without regret. I want you to worship me without retreat despite your circumstances that you're facing. Because, let me say this, God's people, it does not matter how much you pray, when you got saved, how much you speak in tongues, we all gonna suffer one time in our lives. Suffering is part of the broken world. 
As long as you're here on earth, you're going to suffer. Hello? You're going to suffer. You're going to experience pain. You're going to experience some certain challenges. As long as you're alive and you're on this part of the world, in terms of the earth, you're still alive. Suffering and pain is part of the broken world. And all of us, none of us here is insulated from suffering. None of us is insulated from pain. None of us is insulated from facing or going through hard circumstances and situations. But here's the question, God's people. What do you do when you're going through suffering? What do you do when your marriage is not working? What do you do when you don't have a job you've been asking God for? What do you do when your business is failing? What do you do when you cannot be able to pay your needs? What do you do when your body is ailing and in pain and you're sick? What do you do? All these are suffering that we go through. You know, let me say this. You know, there is a measure of suffering all of us will go through. There's some suffering we go through by the virtue of bad decisions we make. Hello? There are sufferings, there are some, a, a major, let me say, there, there is a suffering we go through because of making bad decisions. Because of the mistakes we make. Because of some certain actions. Or even, I can say, some certain habits. And so, you, you, you are actually suffering the consequences of your decisions, the consequences of your bad habits, the consequences of your poor judgment. And that's where now God comes and says, look, as, as he says in the book of Hebrews chapter 12, that he disciplines you. He disciplines you because he loves you. And how many of us know that the discipline of God sometimes is not easy? It is not something good. God can take you through are suffering, not because he hates you, but because he's disciplining you. He's aligning you because he wants you to get back to the path that he wants you to be. And so there is a suffering that comes because God is disciplining us because of a poor judgment, because of a bad decision, and because of a habit that is not aligned to his will. But let me say this also. There is a suffering that has nothing to do with your action. There is a suffering that has nothing to do with your decision. That has nothing to do with the kind of life you are living. There is suffering that just comes because you're still living in a broken world. And today, this morning, or this afternoon, there are some of us who came to church and you are in the, in the midst of, in a, of a suffering. Right now, as we speak, Maybe you're looking at your life and you're suffering financially. You're not able to provide for the needs of your family. Actually, your needs are bigger than your wallet. You're just going through this stress because you don't have enough. You're wondering, what am I going to do? How am I going to pay my rent? You're just there because you don't have enough for your needs. Or maybe... A third or a half of your income is going to the doctors. And it has put a dent in your finances. Maybe to some of us, maybe it's not financial suffering. Maybe to some of us, we are suffering in our career. You have a bad boss who has been on your case without no cause. Just attacking you and coming after you. 
and you have been going through this turmoil and stress because of that particular boss. Or maybe you've been out of work, you got laid off, you lost your job. Or maybe to some of us, maybe you just have the, you know, you, 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 your business is not working. You have been trying to do everything, but you can see your business is failing right in front of your eyes. Or maybe to some of us, it's a betrayal you're going through in a relationship. Maybe to some of you right now, your marriage is just teetering on the edge of divorce or separation. Right now, you're looking at your marriage, you're wondering, will it see the end of 2023? I don't know if we're going to survive. Things are hard in my family. There is no unity. There is no peace. Siblings fighting against each other. And you're wondering, God, what is going on? I have no joy. I have no peace because of what's going on in my family. Or maybe it's your kids who have gone haywire. They never listen. They're not obedient. They are just gotten some things of the world. And you're wondering, but God, I've tried my best to raise them in the fear of God. That's your suffering, maybe this morning. Or to some of us, it's the physical. You're sick. You're sick. You have pregnancy issues. You've been trying to get a baby, but it has failed. You've had a miscarriage upon a miscarriage. You have a serious diagnosis of your body. There is something the doctor said, and you're like Pastor Anthony Mengistu. I am sick. I am physically suffering. Or maybe to some of us who are ministers, the ministry is not growing as you want. Your ministry, things are going wrong. But here's my question, church. When we are in the midst of a suffering, what kind of a posture is God asking us to have? What kind of a people, believers, sons and daughters that God is asking us to have? And this morning we are going to learn from a man who knew suffering. A man who knew what to, you know, what, what hardship is all about. A man who knew what pain is all about. And we're going to learn from him. Because this man, oh boy, didn't he go through. Did he suffer? Didn't he go through hardship and challenges? And this is the man, Paul. You know Paul very well. Paul was stoned. Sometimes even they thought he was dead. But the man was stoned because of the gospel. He suffered shipwreck. The man went without food. The man was rejected. The man was despised. The man was imprisoned. But there is something about Paul that this afternoon, I want you to live here. Because somebody's life today will never be the same again. Because... In the midst of suffering, the enemy perpetuates a lie. Ene the enemy speaks. But a lie. And we're going to learn from Paul what we need to do in suffering. And if you have your Bible, I want you to turn to Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Let me give you context of this particular chapter. This is the first place we come into contact with Timothy. The Bible says that Paul, in his second missionary journey, you know, he, he went to Deba and then into Lystra, where he met 
Timothy. I don't have time to tell you so much, but that's where he met Timothy. You know, he speaks, uh, he shares the gospel. Timothy comes to the Lord. His mother, his family, they all come to the Lord. You know, he circumcises Timothy and he tells Timothy, I want us to go and preach the gospel. But now something happens in Acts chapter 16. Paul and Silas, they travel and they go to uh, Phrygia and Galatia. But the Holy Spirit prevented them from preaching in Asia. I want you to walk with me. Don't lose me. The Holy Spirit says, Paul and Silas, I don't want you to preach here in Asia. I want you to change course. How I pray that we shall become men and women who design the ways of God. The Bible says he actually orders, guide the steps of a righteous man. And God is ordering them. He's like, I don't want you to preach in Asia. I want you to turn. And so Paul and Silas, they turn and, say, and they head out north of Bithynia. But then the Bible says, but again, the Lord says, this is not the place I want you guys to minister. The second time, God says, no, don't go there. And so in Troas, uh, Paul sees a vision. So God has said, no, don't go this way. Paul and Silas go this way. God says, no, I don't want you to go this way. And then he directs them through a vision. At night, you know, the, you know, the Bible says Paul had a vision that night. And he saw a man from Macedonia who said, come to Macedonia because we need you. We need your help. And so Paul and Silas. The Bible says after Paul knew the Lord was the one speaking, he just changed course and he went to Macedonia. And so he goes to Macedonia and they land to the biggest city in Macedonia called Philippi. And they come to Philippi and they meet a group of people including one woman, one woman called Lydia who was very, very wealthy. And those, you know, they go to pray on the, on the, on the, on the, on the river bank. And so she comes to the Lord and they begin going to the riverbank to pray and for some discipleship. And that's where our story begins. In verse 16, the Bible says, One day, as they were going down to the place of prayer, we met a demon-possessed slave girl. She was a fortune teller who earned a lot of money for her masters. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the most high God and they have come to tell us, to tell you how to be saved. This went on day after day. We are not told how many days, but I guess it was, uh, you know, some number of days until Paul got so expirated, angry, that he turned and said to the demon within her, I command you in the name of Jesus, to come out of her. And instantly, it left her. Her master's hopes of wealth were now shattered. And so they grabbed Paul and Silas and dragged them before, and dragged them before the authorities at the marketplace. The whole city is in, is in uproar because of these Jews. They shouted to the city officials. They are teaching customs that are all illegal for us Romans to practice. Verse 22. 
A mob quickly formed against Paul and Silas, and the city officials ordered them stripped and beaten with wooden rods. They were severely, I want you to notice verse 23, they were severely, and when the Bible says severely, it is severely. They were not being massaged. They were not being massaged, you. When the Bible says severely, it is severely. And you can tell it was bad. They were severely beaten. And then they were thrown into prison. The jailer was ordered to make sure they didn't escape. So the jailer put them into the inner dungeon, which was dirty and smelly, and clamped their feet in the, in, in the stocks. Those stocks that used to bind slaves. Verse 25, somebody say around midnight. I don't hear you. Someone say around midnight. Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening. And then suddenly there was a massive earthquake. And the prison was shaken to its foundation. And all the doors immediately flew open. And the chains of every prisoner fell off. The jailer woke up to see the prison doors wide open. He assumed the prisoners had escaped. So he threw his sword to kill himself. But Paul shouted to him, stop, don't kill yourself, we are all here. And the story continues and the jailer gives his life to the Lord. May the Lord bless his word. Father, speak. The Bible says, the Lord opened the heart of Lydia. May you open the heart of every man, every woman. I have nothing to offer, only that which you have given me. And I pray, Holy Spirit, come and take over in Jesus' name. So I want you to notice something over here. The Lord had refused twice to Paul to go where they wanted. It is the Lord who directed them to Philippi. I wish it was themselves who had brought them to Philippi. But it is the Lord himself. He refused them to preach in Asia. He refuses them to be in Bithynia and leads them to Macedonia, to Philippi. God leads them to their place of suffering. Come on now. If it was me, Anthony, I would question the Lord. God, didn't you know that I'm going to be beaten and thrown into prison and save thy servant? Did I say thy? Because maybe there is a language God hears. God, can you save thy servant who loveth thee? <laughs> Come on. It is the Lord who guides Paul and Silas into this place where they are severely beaten and they are put into prison. This will have been tough for any person. Especially after God specifically leads you to go to Philippi, to your place of imprisonment, to your place of suffering. If the Lord leads me somewhere, oh, all I can think of, yeah, the Lord led me here. So I'm expecting goodness, peace, joy, prosperity. Come on, expanding my territories. It's the Lord who has led me here. But Paul... He's not laughing or he's not even in a, in a good place. It's, it's imprisonment. It's beating. 
but there is something that happens. Let me tell you something. The biggest miracle in Acts chapter 16, it's not the miracle of the shackles falling and the prison doors open. That's not the biggest miracle. Okay, maybe that's your biggest miracle. But can I tell you my biggest miracle? My biggest miracle in the book of Acts chapter 15, 16, it is not the prison doors opening and the chains falling off. My miracle is Acts chapter 16, verse 25, that at midnight, Paul and Silas, instead of complaining, instead of being angry with God, the Bible says at midnight, they began to worship in the midst of the suffering, in the midst of the pain, they began to worship. It is easy for me to worship when God has blessed me. It is easy for me to worship when God has blessed me with a new car. It is easy for me to worship when God has given me a big house. Oh, I look at my house and I'm saying, I'm just singing. All I have not been faith. Mm, goodness of God. I look at my house. Mm. I look at my car. Goodness. All my life you have been so. Mm, look at my job. Uh-huh. Come on, sing it with me. It is so easy. When me and my wife, we are hugging and kissing, you're just like, mm, goodness of God. It is so easy. When I get the appointment letter to the promotion, ah, even people will know how good my God is. But when things are wrong, my marriage is tittering to the edge of divorce. When I've lost my job and my car has been auctioned and I look at my bank account, I cannot put the math together. Do you know there are moments the math refuses to math? Because if you do the math, you're going to die with depression. So you just leave it. When the math refuses to... When things are going so wrong, it takes another level of grace. It takes the spirit of God for God to open up my eyes and see God beyond the problem and see God in the midst of the suffering that for me, I can lift up my voice and worship him. Despite the pain, despite the suffering, that I can still open up my mouth and know that I'm not talking to my husband or my wife for the last one month. I don't have a job. I don't have the money. I don't have, I don't know if my business will survive, but still declare that God, you are God. That God, you are still God. My circumstances may change, but you never change. My situations may change, but God, you are still there. You are still on the throne. Beza, God is telling us to worship. Because Paul had options. Like the way me and you, we have options. Paul chose to worship, but trust me, he had options. Option number one is to be angry with God, mom. I, 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 I remember several times I've been angry with God as I'm going through a lot. And I'm like, God, how dare you? How can you call me into church planting? 
And then I suffer into something you called me. And I remind God, God in high school, I wanted to be a banker. Right now, I'll be driving a Mercedes. But God, ministry is about being rejected. God, I could be angry. And there are many times I've been angry. And most of us, when we are going through suffering, we began to be angry with God. He began to say, God, why did you bring me here? You knew that, you know, you knew what we're going to go through. Why didn't you speak and tell me this is my husband? Can we speak? Why didn't you show me that this is my wife? God, why? You could have given me somebody else. Come on, you guys, you're laughing, but I know we are laughing together, right? Because there are moments I begin to question God. Didn't you see that one day, instead of becoming a wife, she's going to be a knife? That one day, instead of me becoming a blessing, I'm becoming a pain? And it's easy to begin questioning the will of God. Why? Tell a neighbor why. And there are many of us who are there who are asking me, why did you bring me here? Why did you just let me keep going where I was going? Why did you change my course? Why did you divert me? And Paul would have said, why, God? Why? And there are many of us who are angry with God. If not angry with God, he had another option, which I have also been there. The other option is self-pity. Oh, you start throwing pity parties. You begin having this negative self-talk. Oh, maybe I was born to suffer. Maybe I was born to be a failure. And do you know the cousin of self-pity is you, become being, you, begin, you begin being jealous of others. You begin being envious of others. But every morning you come, oh, I will never be loved. No one comes, nobody can love someone like me. Oh, pity parties. Paul could have had a pity party in prison and tell Silas, Silas, your brother who never experienced joy. This is why I'm here. So Silas, it's okay. Let's just wait for tomorrow. He could have had a, a, a pity party. But Paul says, no, 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 no. This is not the time to begin questioning about my identity and my worth in God. Why? Because even if I'm in, in this prison, God still loves me. I'm still his beloved. I'm still his son. I'm still his daughter. This is not the time for me to begin looking down on myself. I know God loves me. But listen, he could have another option. Not only to be angry with God or to have self-pity. Maybe he could have done what sometimes I've done. Is to stand to a form of escape in suffering. Do you know that many a times when you are suffering and you are in pain and you are facing disappointment and discouragement, we all have a way of turning to something for to escape. Some of us, maybe your form of escape is eating. You eat like nothing, like a caterpillar. That's me. When you're suffering, it's like you, you just want food to fill the void. Like the more I eat, the more I feel loved. 
But the stomach is saying, give me, give me, give me. Why is it many of us add weight when in suffering? Other people, their way of escape is movies. Oh, you binge, ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. From morning you watch all the series. Because you want to be happy, right? It's a human being. You want to fill the void. You want to feel good. Do you remember your, your, your husband when he's so down and disappointed and he can just sit there with the shirt he wore three days ago and he just movies. And just want to see people being killed. And just... Others, we retreat to the emptiness of pornography. We begin doing things to fill the void in our lives. What's your form of escape? Others is maybe going to drink. That's the time somebody who used to pray, somebody who used to be a believer, but now they have discovered there is something called a club. Oh, I didn't know there is something called alcohol that can make you forget, not erase, forget your problems for three hours. Then tomorrow morning you pick them up. Then the enemy says again, again, again. And many people who are bound in alcoholism, they began because they were going through something and they wanted to numb the pain. Paul was not angry with God. Paul never allowed self-pity. Paul never allowed to have a form of escape. But the Bible says in verse 25, Instead of being angry with God, instead of having self-pity, instead of doing something that to give him or to give him a temporary relief, the Bible says that Paul, in the midst of the pain, he worshipped. Don't you know, as a pastor or even the pastors in Beza can attest, how many people who don't come to church, and when you ask them, where were you, what's the answer? Pastor, I have been going through. Hmm. Even there are some of you, you showed up today. The reason as to why you're not been coming to church is because you're going through. Where are you supposed to be when you're going through? Is it in the house of God or is it in your house watching a movie? Is it in the, in the altar worshiping the Lord? But the enemy is a liar. The enemy will tell you, don't go to church. You're going through. Look at your neighbor. Has he been going through? <laughs> Do they look like they've been going through? Ah, Paul said, listen to me. He said, you know what, Silas? Even in this prison, God is still God. Even with the shackles, he's still on the throne. Even with the beatings, he's still the Alpha and Omega. Listen to me, Paul and Silas. God is still God. And this morning I came to tell somebody, what has been your response to your suffering? What has been to your response to your pain? Because it's easy to worship God when things are going on well. It's easy to worship and dance when things are so cool <laughs> and there is peace and joy and everybody just knows, come on, things are good. But a son or a daughter of God, 
stands before God and has this revelation. Circumstances may change, but God never changes. My situation may change, but God is still on the throne. He didn't take a walk. He's still on the throne. Ah, a son or a daughter of God knows uh, I may be in shackles, uh, but he's the Alpha and Omega in my life. Uh, and the God of the in-betweener, uh, he never changes. Uh, my body may be paining, but he's still the Lord, my healer. I may not have enough money, but he's still my provider. Ah, I may be experiencing chaos, but he's still my shalom. God is still God. At midnight, they began to worship him and cries of despair, they turned into cries of worship. Ah, hopelessness was able to turn into hope. Tell your neighbor, worship the Lord in hard times. Ah, uh, they didn't hear you tell the other neighbor, worship the Lord in hard times. Listen to me, God's people. And I'm not trying to tell you to numb your pain. I am not trying that you forget what you are going through. I want you to go with me to the prison, okay? Let's go to the prison. Was Paul and Silas still feeling the shackles? Ah, were they there? Yes, the shackles were there. They could still feel the chains. Would they see the prison? and smell the prison, it didn't numb, they didn't numb the pain. They could still smell the filthiness of the prison, feel the shackles, see the jailer, see the guards, but they were like even in the pain. Even with the stocks, Paul and Silas, give me the number. And they began to sing, and they began to sing. Listen to me, there is another level of worship that's still in your pain, you can still worship him. That even when you look at your circumstance, you're still worshiping. Oh, that you know what, you can still look at the prison and still worship. There is another level of worship that God is calling Beza. That even in my pain, I can still worship him. Mm. Because this afternoon, suffering has a tendency to make you bow down or go low it forces us to change our posture but this morning i want to say this you either bow down in despair or you bow down in worship what will you choose what will you choose are you going to bow down in despair being angry with god self-pity regretting or are you going to bow down and say devil you won't steal my love for God. Devil, you will not steal my devotion. Devil, you will not steal my commitment. Devil, you're gonna you take away my joy. God is still God. God is still my savior. What will you do? What will you do? The Bible reminds me. Ah, let's go to the book of Job, chapter one. Job has lost everything. Job, everything has been taken away from him. His children have died. His cattle have been taken away. And the Bible says in the book of Job, chapter 20, Job stood up in pain, in suffering, wondering, God, but I've been righteous. 
I've been a man of integrity. There is nothing I've done that is sinful. Why? Why? <laughs> but just because God bragged. <laughs> and he's there, he's wondering God. But the Bible says, Job stood up. The enemy was telling him, come on, be angry with God. Ah, curse God, you know. But he stood up. The Bible says he tore his robe in grief. I wanted to understand what was going inside of him. He was grieving. He didn't stand up in joy, in peace. No, the Bible says he tore his robe in grief. I loved my children. I loved my children. But in a day they are gone. I have been serving you faithfully. But now I'm in shame and humiliation. I have nothing. And the Bible says, he shaved his head. <laughs> then he fell to the ground and worshipped. He fell to the ground and worshipped. And said, God, you're the giver of everything. I came with nothing and I'll go with nothing. Praise be the name of the Lord. Praise be the name of the Lord. You are still on the throne. You are still my Ebenezer. You are still the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. My circumstances do not change your character. My circumstances do not change who you are. I don't worship you, God, because of the blessings. I worship you because you are God. What will be the posture of your life? Are you going to, to be like Job's wife? Who say, Job, cast God and die. Cast him. But Job said, no. He's still God. And this afternoon, somebody, even as I'm preaching, you need to begin to say, God, you're still God of my life. You're still my shalom. Oh, I, still, I know I'm still facing some chaos, but you're still my shalom. God, I know, I feel like I am lost, but you're the Lord, my shepherd. <laughs> oh God, I know I shall not lack right now. God, I know you are with me. The English word of worship is worth-ship. Worship is about declaring his worthiness. It's about declaring the ultimate worth to God. Listen to me, Beza. It's about declaring that no matter what I'm facing, you deserve the glory. Ah, you deserve the honor. You deserve the praise. I don't praise you when you bless me. I praise you in spite of my circumstances. I don't give you adoration because of what you are giving me. I give you adoration because you deserve the adoration. You deserve the praise. You deserve the exaltation. You deserve to be uplifted. Worship is about ascribing greatness, worthiness to God despite my situation and despite my circumstances. I dare somebody right now to say, God, you deserve the glory. Uh, I dare somebody say, you deserve the honor. 
Uh, open up your mouth and begin to give God the praise. Begin to give God the praise. Somebody begin to give God the praise. Begin to say, you are more precious than silver. You are more costly than gold. You are more beautiful than diamonds. I worship you. Come on, come on, one minute, one minute, open up your mouth. Open up your mouth and begin to declare, God, you're worth it. God, you're worth it. God, you're worth it. Despite my pain, despite my circumstances, you are worthy of all vexation. You're worthy to be uplifted, no matter what I'm going through. You're worth it. You're worth it. Somebody say, you're worth it. You are worth it. You are more precious than silver. You are more costly than gold. You are more beautiful than diamond. You are worth it. The devil wants me to be focused on my circumstance and steal my worship. But this morning, in spite of my circumstances, Ah, it takes the grace of God to take my eyes off my circumstances and look on God and see that he's worthy and see that he's powerful and see that he's mighty. It takes the spirit of God that I can look beyond my circumstances and see a powerful God, a God who loves me, a God who cares for me, the shepherd of my soul. Ah, the Hebrew word of worship is sakah, which means to fall down before God and bow down. Sakah, to bow down in surrender and say, God, I am not in control of my life, but I know who is in control. <laughs> I am not in control, but I know who is in control. I am, not, I am not unlimited, but I know God. I am limited, but I know a God who is unlimited. Bowing down. Listen to Psalms 95 verse 6. The Bible says, come, let us worship and bow down. It's a song we sing. Come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker. Let us come and worship. The Lord, bow down, kneel. Rakabo sheketeleba, mazeketeleba shandarabahia. Oh God, we come to bow down. We come to kneel and declare you're the Lord, our Father. You are the Lord, our Maker. You are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. You are the Lord who never changes. My God, oh God, you are unstoppable. Nothing, my God, can stop you. That even in the midst of the painful circumstances, I am still recognizing who God is. Despite the pain I'm going through in my marriage, despite what I'm facing in my workplace, God is still God. Despite what I'm going through in my family, I shall bow down, I shall kneel and declare that God is God. Open up your mouth and declare God you're worthy. Open up your mouth and declare you're worthy. I can't hear you, Beza. Open up your mouth and give him worship. Give him worship. Give him worship. Give him worship. 
no matter what you are going through oh come and bow down before him come and kneel down declare you are jehovah you are yahweh you are yahweh yeshua yeshua you are still yeshua you are my savior you are my king I know I'm in prison. I know I'm painting right now. I know I'm going through depression. But I dare say you are shalom my peace. I know right now God, I may not have enough money, but I declare you're my provider. Oh God, right now, we are bowing down. We are bowing down. David, you can choose to stand up and continue worshiping. Psalms chapter 42 Psalms 42 verse 5 Listen 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 to what he says He says why is my soul downcast why am i discouraged why is my heart so sad <laughs> But even when i am sad I'm going to put my hope in God and do what? And do what? I can't tell you better and do what? I'm going to praise him yet again. I know I'm discouraged. But yet we lie praise him. Yes, yet we lie. and yet we lie praise him. I have no time. I want you to put Habakkuk 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 3:17 We're going to end with this verse. I want you to read with me Beza. One to go. Even though, come on read it with me. Even though the fig trees Listen, listen. Even though just wait. Even though I don't have a job. Even though my marriage is not where I need it to be. Even though my children have walked away from the Lord. Even though I've been trusting God for a baby but I've not been able to conceive. <laughs> Even though the fig trees do not blossom and there are no grapes on the vines. Even though the olive crops fail. <laughs> and the fields are empty and the barns and the, the fields are empty and barren and the flocks die in the fields ah. and the cattle are empty put the next verse the bible says but yet somebody shout yet ah somebody shout yet yet, yet will i Say it with me yet will I rejoice in the Lord it does not matter what i go through it does not matter what i face it does not matter the nature of my family yet will i rejoice yet will i rejoice yet will i rejoice yet will i worship beza open up your mouth and begin to worship Open up your mouth and begin to worship. Stand up on your feet. Stand up on your feet.
begin to pour your worship. Begin to pour your worship. Listen. Listen. He says, Yet will I triumph in the Lord. Yet will I rejoice. As you begin to worship Him, some of you, the prison of, of, of sickness will begin to bow down. Chains will begin to fall. But listen, my message is not about the prison doors opening. My message is about the posture. Ah, the posture that unlocks miracles. The posture that makes God to move. That no matter what I'm going through, this day I'm going to worship him. I'm going to bow down and kneel before him. I shall declare that God you're worthy. That God you're worthy. Open up your mouth and begin to worship. Begin to worship. Begin to worship. I want us to do something. The Bible says, Job bowed down with all due humility. I ask everyone, no matter your title, to go on your knees and we're gonna bow down. We're gonna bow down. You can come to the altar. You can come on the altar. Yeah, if there is no space, you can come on the altar. And I want us to begin. Don't ask God for anything. Just ascribe to Him. Just worship Him. Just declare you're my healer. You are my provider. You have been the God of more than enough. Come on, Beza. Come on, Beza. We worship you. We worship you. Somebody say, You're my shalom. Come on, come on, come on. Yes, worship team, you can go on. Yes, 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 yes. Somebody declare, you are my king. You are my savior. You are the rock of my salvation. I have nowhere else to hide. Oh God, you are the all-powerful. You are the almighty. I bow down despite my circumstances, despite my situation. I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. You are worthy. It's easy to declare who God is when things are going on well. When you're blessed, when you're promoted. But today, we are not worshiping God because of the things He gives us. We are not worshiping Him because of what He does for us. We are worshiping Him because of who He is. He is the Lord, our Creator. He is the Lord, our Maker. He is the God of Abraham. He is the God of Isaac. He is the God of Jacob. He is the King of Kings. He is the Lord of Lords. He is our Ebenezer. He is El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. He is the fountain of living waters. He is the ancient of days. 
in this the rock of ages. Come on now, lift up that worship again. Oh, yes. Great are you, Lord. Mashakalaba. A man called, I think, Haraford Sparford or Spar yeah, Sparford, the man who wrote the hymn, It Is Well. He lost his business in the fire. After some time, he lost his son. And one day, his wife and four daughters were sailing in the sea. And the storm came and killed his four daughters. And the wife told him of the sad news and said, I'm only survivor. Spafford, you have lost your four daughters. He lost a business. He lost a son. And now he has lost his four daughters. And one day as he was sailing, the people said, Spafford, this is the same place that you lost your daughters. I, accept, I expect him to be angry with God. I expect him to curse God and say, why? But Spafford wrote down and said, it is well, it is well with my soul. This is a man who knew that the character of God does not change just because I lost my children. God is still on the throne no matter what I face. And this morning, some of you, you are in pain, suffering, 
going through things, you have more questions than answers. But I dare I say, it is well because God is still on the throne. Ah, my God is unstoppable. My God is the way maker. My God is still the promise keeper. I may not have a child, but he's still the giver of life. I may be struggling where I am, but God is my joy and my peace. He's everything that I ever wanted. I am nothing without you. I don't know why this song is in my spirit. Worship, I'm sorry for throwing you off. What a beautiful name. And I want us to declare there is no rival, there is no equal. Because his name is powerful. I'm sorry, but I want us to declare. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ, my King. No matter what we face. What a no matter what I'm going through, nothing, nothing can compare to my Jesus. He's still my God. He's still my Savior. He's still my Deliverer. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of yes. Jesus Christ, my King. What a Think how blessed it is. What a
up your hands and declare God. Yes, Lord. Declare his glory. Declare his worthiness. Declare that he's our king, our master, our savior, our provider, our protector. You are my all in all. You are my Ebenezer. I want us to fill this house with worship. I want you to open up your mouth. I want you to speak in tongues wherever. I want us to declare that Lord is our God. Open up your mouth. Open up your mouth. Declare his greatness. Declare his might. Declare. Hey. Yes, Lord. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on. Worship. 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 You have no rival. You have no equal. He has no rival. He has no equal. Somebody say right now, I'm going to worship you in spite of my circumstances. I'm going to worship you despite my situation. You are still the Lord who makes me to be fruitful. You are still my God, my way maker. You are still the mountain mover. You are still the promise keeper. No matter what I'm facing, Lord, you are still my king. You are still my Lord. I worship you. God send us a word. A message to our soul, to our spirit, a word that we can live by for the rest of our life. If we know how to pray the Lord at any times, in any circumstances, in anything, it is a blow in the face of our enemy. Job said from his rotten flesh. He saw it and he said, out of this flesh, he said, I shall see the glory of the Lord. Out of your pain, you shall see the glory of the Lord. Out of your suffering comes out the glory of the Lord. May the Lord, who have started, who have touched us, who have stirred something within us, will continue to work in us. To be a true worshippers. Worship of sacrifice, we call this. Worship of sacrifice. When you feel pain, when you are in agony, when everything you have, when, whatever, whatever happens. If you know how to worship the Lord, I'm telling you, this is a life in another level. 
May God's spirit go with you, working in you continuously, building you from within. Declaring the goodness of God at any time. Spirit of the living God, I commit this congregation into your hand. Holy Spirit, continue to work in us. Let it ring in the night. Let it ring in the daytime. Let it remember. Let us remember the word that we have heard today. Let it be a life to live. I bless them with your blessing. I commit them to your faithful, amazing, wonder-working hand. I pray that the blessing of Abraham will continue to work within us. And the spirit of Job will work in us. This is a victory. This is a victory. Hallelujah. 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 Bless you as you go. As you turn around, go in victory in the name of Jesus. Go in peace. Shalom be to all of you. We'll see you next week.